0: Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast, a show designed to empower, educate, and encourage you to stay focused and committed to your mission. I'm your host, AC crystallis Let's get ready to roll. Thank you so much for joining me on Mission Driven with AC crystallis Welcome to season number two. And I have to say, it feels great to be back on the mic recording podcast episodes because The last episode I released was on June 26th, and so a whole six weeks had gone by, and that break is definitely, definitely not what I intended. But then again, has 2020 been a year what what we intended and planned to do actually came to fruition? Probably not. If you're like me, (laughs) you probably had vacations that were canceled, plans that were altered, and situations that probably caught you off guard. I know one plan that I had was a vacation in June to Medellin, Colombia, Colombia, Papa. But thanks to this global pandemic, the trip was canceled. And so the only way I could get my fix of Colombia was by watching the original Narcos series on Netflix. I had never seen uh, the original Narcos series. i had seen Narcos Mexico, but not the original. one. so that's how I got my Colombia fix by watching that. And though I enjoyed learning about Pablo Escobar and La Kika and Limon and Blackie and Gustavo, I promise you, I promise you this. I would have enjoyed more being in Medellin like I intended. But if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's this. Sometimes things will happen in life that will catch us totally off guard. Yeah, you know, sometimes we will experience things in life that we're not prepared for and that we never saw coming. And it's simply because of this statement. That's life. And to quote Avon Barksdale from one of my favorite shows of all time, The Wire, you can't plan through no stuff like this, man. It's life. There I go again with my movie quotes. But real quick, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate you, and my hope is that something that I share with you today will resonate and encourage you as you continue on your journey of success, whether that be a professional journey or a personal one. And so know this. My loyal listeners know that I'll sometimes use movie quotes, song lyrics, and other things that are part of my diverse culture to share and connect ideas of leadership and success bottom line though baby bottom line is i want to see you do good i want to see you win so thanks again for listening now quickly i have to give props to a faithful listener who informed me a few weeks back that august 21st was going to mark the one year anniversary of my podcast wow one year. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope that it's already been one year that I've been recording podcasts and it's crazy how fast time flies, but I'm thankful that today, today on Friday, August 21st, 2020, season two of this podcast is debuting. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's intentional. It's very intentional, but rest assured that it's purposeful as well. See, today's topic is the advantage of staying power. Stay in power is defined as the ability to maintain an activity or to stay committed to something despite fatigue or difficulty. Let me say that again. Stay in power is the ability to maintain an activity or stay committed to something despite fatigue or difficulty, which means that when we have staying power, we have the ability, we have the capacity to maintain, to continue, to keep at something that's important to us even when we get tired. We stay committed, we stay devoted, we stay faithful regardless of the difficulties, regardless of the uncertainties, regardless of the troubles. So I want you to think about this question How much better would our lives be if we simply had staying power? How would our relationships be different? If instead of quitting and giving up on someone in our relationships, we stayed adam and faithful and made sure that we gave it our best. I once heard that true commitment is never measured, never found solely by the good times. True commitment is found in the moments when all hell is breaking loose and you're still there. You're still committed to that person, to that thing, to that endeavor, to that goal. That's when true commitment is found. True commitment is found when you're going through fire and depending on what you do when you go through that fire, that's going to determine how committed you are. So think about your dream. Think about that person. Think about that profession. Think about that organization. What happens when you go through a bad situation, when you go through fire, when you go through hell? Are you still there? And if you're still there, then guess what? You're truly committed. See, it's easy to be faithful and devoted when things are going well. And they're going great, and it's perfect, and it's rosy, and there's nothing, and you're not being challenged whatsoever. Anyone can stay committed in those moments. But true commitment is not revealed in those moments. See, <laughs> being committed, right? Being committed in moments like that, that's that's not commitment. That's conditional. That's as long as I feel good, I'm in. Or as long as he does this. I'll love him. Or as long as she acts this way, yo, I got her. Or as long as things are going well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pursue it. Conditional. Because check this out. What is your action? What is your action when you're in a business that you started, a business that you really, really wanted to start and you started it and then what? Things don't go well. What is your action then? What do you do when you're in a relationship and the first thing out of your mouth when you and your partner argue is screw this, I'm leaving? What's your response when the person that you're with, they don't support you? They don't support your dream. Tough questions, tough questions. But guess what? The answers will always reveal your level of commitment. Yeah, the answers to those tough questions will reveal your level of commitment because tribulation always brings forth revelation. See, it's an adversity and trouble where you find out what you're really made of. So if that's the case, right? If, if adversity and trouble reveal what I'm really made of, then the same can be said for your commitment to your dream, relationship, business, or goal. It's in adversity, it's in trouble, where you really find whether you're committed to that dream, relationship, business, or goal. So if you stop, then the question is, did you really even want it? If you're quick to find an out, if you're quick to find an escape, why did you give it a shot in the first place? Or why are you still in that situation? See, you weren't committed. Or rather, you're not committed. You're just conditional. Or conditioned. When you think of being conditioned, it means that as long as I find myself in the right environment, then bam, this will be my response. But here's the thing about that. We can't always choose what our environment will look like. We can't always choose what our environment will feel like, will sound like. So then what do we do? You know, guys, I'm big on self-reflection. In fact, at the beginning of this year, beginning of 2020, I did a podcast where I talked about the importance of self-reflection and how much it has helped my life. And so I truly believe that it can help your life as well. Because I believe that self-reflection does five important things, and I'm gonna share five important things right now that self-reflection does. So if you're taking notes, or you may wanna just you know take a snapshot of this, if you're listening to this on your phone, and come back to it because I'm gonna give you five important things that self-reflection does. All right, so you ready? Number one, self-reflection helps put things in your life into perspective. For example, when you self-reflect, and you see your life in a different perspective. Guess what? You, you start realizing that, man, life is too short to wake up in the morning with regrets or to wake up in the morning and already be pissed off to wake up in the morning and already choose to have a bad day. Because guess what? Every morning you have two choices. Am I going to have a good day or a bad day? Like you can set the tone for your day. So when you self-reflect, you can put things into perspective. Like, man, life is too short. Why am I waking up like this? So if I really want something, then guess what? If life is too short, then if I really want something, then I better stop wasting my time and I better start getting after it because before you know it, life will have passed me by. Here's another one, right? Here's another one about when your life is into perspective. We could do a whole episode on this, but I'm just going to give another quick one. But it's this, that life, (laughs) life, life isn't always easy. It's not easy. But then again, who is life easy for? Have you ever thought about that? You're thinking, man, life is hard. Life is difficult. But isn't life difficult for everybody? I mean, isn't life difficult for every, every, every individual who's living on earth? And you're probably thinking, right? You're probably thinking there's a person out there right now and their life is so easy. But guess what? You don't know that. You don't really know their life or their struggle. Because the reality is that everyone has a struggle. It's not the same struggle, but everyone has a struggle. Every person is fighting something that you don't know about. So here's my thing for you. Stop having a pity party thinking that you're the only one going through something. Because the reality is that we all go through trials. Some people just do a better job of hiding it. And other people, other people have learned through experience, through pain, how to overcome struggles. But rest assured, we're all fighting a battle. Number two. Self-reflection also helps you recognize and celebrate your successes. Do you know that you can find a victory every day? Yeah, every day you can find a victory. You can fly that W, right? You can, you know, fly find that dub, right? I think that's what they say. I'm sorry if I'm trying to be cool and I'm trying to be hip, right? But you can find a victory every day. The problem is you're too busy counting the L's. See, I know that one. <laughs> And the L's for those who don't understand that is you're, you're counting the L's, you're counting the losses. and And I think that's what happens with a lot of people now, right? That we don't focus on the victory, we focus on the negative, we focus on the loss. And so you're sitting in pity and when you're sitting in pity and you're counting the losses, then you can't see the beauty that is there in your life every day you can win. I truly believe that That every day, there's a victory in every day. And if you're not winning, guess what? The one responsible is not the person beside you. It's not the person who annoys you at work. It's not the person who cuts you off in traffic. It's not the person who cut in front of you at Walmart. It's not the person who is pissing you off on social media because you're looking at their posts. And even though you know it pisses you off to look at their posts, you keep going back to their posts. But if you would just you know, just turn off your phone or get off that app, then you wouldn't be pissed off, but you keep going back at it. And you think, guess what? That's the person that's responsible for your happiness. And in the reality, it's not. The person responsible for your happiness is you. So I want you to do this. I want you to reflect because when you reflect and you recognize and you celebrate your successes, then guess what? You can find that victory. So maybe every night, man, every night before you go to bed, you can think about a victory that you had that day. It could be as simple as this. I freaking made it today. I didn't think I was, but I did. See, it's important to celebrate your successes, no matter how small they may be. No matter how small they may be to you, because guess what? Because maybe what you're complaining about, it may be something that someone is wishing they had. Let me say that again. The the good that you have in life that you complain about. Maybe something someone is wishing they had. Number three, self-reflection helps you stay on track with your goals, which is good, right? I mean, how many of you have had goals, but you never accomplished them because you don't track them or you didn't track them? See, when you don't track goals, it's easy to lose sight of what you set out to achieve. That's why it's important to gauge and see what you've done or not done to get to where you want to be. Because tracking your goals will help you value the work you've done thus far. Or it will help you get on the ball with the work you need to do. So it's important to self-reflect and say, hey, how am I doing with these goals? And if I've done the work then hey, I can value that work and I can stay at it. And if I haven't done the work, then guess what? I need to get off my butt and get on it because I have this goal. So self-reflection helps you with that. Number four. Self-reflection helps you learn from your mistakes. Now, this is a good one. Because m- how many of you have ever found yourself in a situation you never want to find yourself in again? And you found yourself there because of a mistake you made. I know I have. I've made countless of mistakes. And if there's something that making mistakes have taught me, it's this. Is that after the mistake, you know, I have a clearer picture, not only of the things that I want, but also of the things that I don't want and that is because my mistake led me to somewhere I didn't want to be and now I know man I don't want to go down that route again and the truth is I'm going to make more mistakes and you're going to make mistakes we're all going to make mistakes but the importance of mistakes are the lessons that you gain from them see mistakes are your teacher that yell out to you hey don't do that again Or, hey, remember all that time you wasted? Why are you going to go down that route again? Like you wasted all that time. So don't make that mistake again. See, there's a lesson there. Or, hey, remember the pain that you caused or the pain that you felt? So don't put yourself in that situation again. Or remember that you're better than the ugly, toxic situation you found yourself in. So why are you going to jump back into that when you know that you're better than that? You're better than being treated like you were garbage. You're better than someone thinking negatively of you. Learning from your mistakes should teach you that you're better than that. And number five, self-reflection helps you get in touch with your true feelings. (laughs) True feelings. Ah, I laugh because, you know, feelings emotions they're very complicated in fact I, I i'll never forget this i heard this one time that that said that emotions and feelings man they're like the waves of an ocean right let me say that again emotions and feelings are like the waves of an ocean which means what they go up and down up and down and sometimes they're calm and sometimes they're you know there's that big high tide and that's how emotions and feelings are but here's the thing all right self-reflection helps you get in touch with your true feelings what's true what's real All right. Because again, yeah, there's some things that can be deceiving. Right. And uh, but true feelings. Right. True feelings. When you really self reflect, you really get in deep within yourself and you get in with those true feelings. Guess what? They can serve many functions. Number one, it can help our well-being because releasing our true emotions is healthy. Have you ever noticed how living a lie can just tear up your insides and it stresses you out? How keeping your true feelings inside produces anxiety in you because the truth is wanting to burst out but it just can't right because you're suppressing it but when you're in tune with your true feelings that's when problems get solved that's when life seems to get easier and that's when you enjoy life more because you're not holding on to something that is false we live in a world we live in a world where many people live their life to simply please others and not themselves And they do so to avoid confrontation, they do so to avoid struggles, and it's easy to ignore your true feelings. But can I tell you something? Can I tell you that real freedom only comes when you're true to yourself? You shouldn't spend years trying to convince someone that they should be in your life. Those that want to be in your life will be in your life and will accept you for who you are. And so you owe it to yourself to live to your truest self. You owe it to yourself to vibe with the right person. To connect with someone who touches not just your body, but more importantly, your soul. To enter a career that isn't just about making money, but it's about adding happiness to your life and adding value to your life. You owe it to yourself to be the person that your friends can admire and not feel sorry for. And you owe it to yourself to be the parent, right? If you're a parent out there and you're listening to this, to be a parent that your kids look up to and are not ashamed of. You owe it to yourself to live to your truest self. Self-reflection is not hard, but it takes setting aside some time to actually do it. Ideally, ideally, it would be good to self-reflect every day, right? Or at least once a week, but life, right? <laughs> but I do believe this. If this pandemic that we're going through has given us anything, it's given us time. Being locked down hasn't been fun, right? Right? Not being able to take vacations sucks. Not being able to go to the movies or go to a concert is awful. But one thing, one victory, one win you do have because of this pandemic is more time. So what will you do with it? Or perhaps the question, the better question should be, what have you done with it? These past few months, my life has changed and changed in a good way. And I say that knowing that the pandemic has slowed my speaking business, right? I had five scheduled events that were canceled because of the pandemic. I couldn't travel. And so no events. I say that my life has changed and changed in a good way, knowing that the uncertainty with this pandemic threw off my schedule, specifically with the time frame that I set for me to earn my doctoral degree. I mean, I'm almost there, right? All I have to do is just finish and defend my dissertation, but the anxiety from not knowing where my income would come, not knowing, right? Where am I going to get my income to pay these bills, right? So how am I going to set aside time to write on my dissertation where I'm worrying about, hey, where am I going to get the income to support myself and my family? And guess what? That took precedent over writing my dissertation. I mean, these are real fears, right? How will I make sure that my mortgage and bills get paid? But I still say that my life has changed and changed for for the good. I say that my life has changed for the better knowing that I didn't get to go to Colombia. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm saying it again. But I say that because if I was to focus solely on the things that are lost or the things that have gone bad, then I'd never see the beauty that life has given me, even in the midst of this chaos. And there's been beauty. No doubt there's been beauty. My daughter Isabella is healthy and she's growing. And trust me, trust me, I wish she'd stop growing. But I'll tell you what, I've loved seeing her in her element, laughing, smiling, playing soccer, watching Darman, rewatching Fuller House, rewatching Jesse. Man, I love seeing that, right? I, these are the moments that I treasure. And even, you know, she, we, you know, we had to celebrate her birthday through the pandemic, but yet, you know, to see the joy on her face, it's beautiful. There's beauty. There's beauty in a relationship, right? That I have with someone that has strengthened and blossomed into something wonderful and lovely. And guess what? That came unexpected. There's beauty. There's beauty in the fact that I was able to work this past spring, right? In January, I started working for a local school district and guess what? You know, I was still paid during the summer months because I took this job with a local school district. So I didn't have to feel the the pain or the blow of losing those five speaking engagements. I could still pay my mortgage. I could still pay my bills. And I could still take Isabella to Chick-fil-A for number one with a half tea and a half lemonade. There's beauty. And there's beauty now, right, that I'm working for another school district as an assistant principal again, (laughs) <laughs> and you're probably thinking, yo, didn't you leave that? Isn't that what you talk about? You talk about how you left your job six and a half years ago and now you're back at it. Yeah, I'm back at it, but don't get it twisted. The mission continues. The mission continues. Because the beauty is that even in the midst of loss, there's still gain. This is an opportunity for me to, to be involved in the schools and for my message to get stronger, for my message to get sharper, for me to see, you know, be on the front lines and be there helping teachers. So, hey, I'm blessed. The mission continues. And not only that, but these past few months, I've done a couple of virtual keynotes and workshops, and there are more coming in the next few months. So the mission continues, and it doesn't continue because I'm the most talented. It doesn't continue because I'm the best orator. The mission continues because I have staying power. Staying power. All the challenges that have stared me in my face these past couple of months could have caused me to quit my dream of reaching people with my message but i didn't because i'm committed to this mission and even if i wanted to quit i can't because this mission draws me it beckons me and because to me it's a blessing knowing that what i share can bless others can be a blessing for others I don't stay on my pursuit because I have the right conditions around me. I stay on my pursuit because I'm committed to the calling on my life. I am committed to a mission, both personal and professional. What are you committed to? I mean, what are you really committed to? I don't want to know what you want. I want to know what you're willing to work for. What are you willing to sweat for? What are you willing to sacrifice hours for? What are you willing to pay the ultimate price for? What are you willing to endure hell for? Because your answer to those questions will tell me what you're really committed to. If you quit when it got hard, guess what? You didn't really want it. If you gave up, turned around, and went back to your old ways, you didn't really want change. When you have true staying power, no force that you face here on earth will knock you off your path. I'm not saying you're not going to face difficulties, but I am saying that even when you face difficulties, you won't retreat. You'll keep going because you're committed. Staying power. You know, in the last couple of weeks, um, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts, right? Um, and not for inspiration, just because, you know, I love listening to podcasts. So, and, and that's, <laughs> that's the good thing too. You know, that, you know, you can listen to to podcasts, you know, on anything nowadays. Right. So, uh, you can listen to me. You can listen to Stephen Furtick. You can listen to Joe Osteen. You can listen to John Maxwell. You can listen to all these, you know, motivational speakers and people who who speak to encourage people because it's out there. It's so easy. Like there's no excuse for you not to get some sort of encouraging word nowadays. Right. But then if you're into like sports, you can listen to all those sports pa- podcasts or if you're inter- interested, like in true crime, you can listen to that. I mean, there's everything there's 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 a surplus of podcast that you can listen to well I was listening to the Sopranos podcast right a Sopranos podcast because there are a couple out there but I was listening to one and one of the reasons why I uh, started listening to the Sopranos podcast number one because that's one of my favorite shows as well but uh, the reason why I listened to this one particular episode is because it had an interview with Terrence Winter and I'm going, to share you, I'm going to share with you real quick, just this quick story, you know, about uh, about how this particular episode impacted me. And so for those of you who don't know who Terrence Winter is, it's OK. Let me just quickly tell you, Terrence Winter uh, was a writer and producer on The Sopranos, uh, but he didn't start. You know, he didn't start when the show was created. He came on on the second season. And so he eventually, you know, just I mean, he's a great writer. In fact, one of my favorite episodes from The Sopranos is, was one that Terrence Winter wrote. And so after, you know, The Sopranos, Terrence Winter um, created Boardwalk Empire, which was another show on HBO. And, you know, again, I've never seen Boardwalk Empire, but I, I hear it's a great show and I hear it's great writing as well. So you know, and it just goes to show you how talented Terrence, um, Terrence Winter is. But he also wrote and was nominated for an Oscar for um, writing The Wolf on Wall Street. And so maybe some of you have seen that movie. Re- regardless, he's just a, he's just an accomplished writer. Let me just put it that way. But what stood out to me was was not his accomplishments. What stood out to me was his journey, you know, and so let me just quickly tell you his journey. So in this um, podcast interview, he's talking about how he started as a writer. Well, guess what? He didn't start as a writer. He said that when he was 18 years old, he uh, didn't know what he wanted to do. And how many 18 year olds, right, are out there listening or maybe, you know, a couple of 18 year olds or maybe you have a son or you have some students who are, are 17, 18 years old. And guess what? They don't know what they want to do. And, and you know what, that's okay. That's normal. Right. And so here, here he was, Terrence Winter as an 18 year old, didn't know what to do. And so, uh, he grew up in a blue collar family, you know, working class family. And, and so what he did is he went to like a trade school, right. To be like a plumber or whatever. So, um, when he, when he was going through that school, he was, he realized, you know what, this is not what I want to do. I want to make money. All right. So again, how many 18, 19 year olds, right. That, you know, that all they want to do, if you ask them, Hey, what do you want to do? They just want to make money. And so what he did is that he said, OK, I'm going to go to school. I'm going go to go college. I want to become a lawyer. And he wanted to get into a prestigious school. And so he he what he said in the interviews that he conned his way into NYU. And by con, you know, he meant that, you know, he chose the major that not a lot of people were going after at NYU and the major was religion, right? So he's like, all right, a lot of people won't major in religion, so if I major in religion, then it'll be easy for me, to get, for me to get into NYU. So he majored in religion, he graduated from that, but then he started working on going to law school. So he goes to law school, becomes a lawyer, takes a New York bar exam, and again, he's a lawyer. And guess what? Two years in, he's like, this is not what I wanna do. I don't wanna be a lawyer, I wanna be a writer. You know, I've always been fascinated with writing, you know, movies and TV shows. I want to be a writer. And so after the second year, he made this decision. All right. So I want you to listen to this. He made the decision. He took this step of faith. Right. And he didn't say step of faith. But to me, it's a step of faith because, man, you're going after something and you don't even know how it's going to work out. And so he moves from New York to L.A., now this is before cell phones. This is before social media. All right, so it was hard to communicate with people on the other side of the country back then, right? And so this is what he says in the interview that man, I moved from from New York to L.A. and L.A. is a totally different environment than New York. And he said if I would have died in L.A., no one in L.A. would have known who I was, right? Because I didn't know anybody. I went to L.A. not knowing anybody and strictly with the goal strictly with the mission to become a tv writer movie writer and i'm in la and i'm by myself but yet i took the step of faith now this is what i like what he said he said that he gave himself one day one day to be a tourist and then after that one day it was on now that was me paraphrasing it But he said, it was on. (laughs) It was on. I'm going to start writing. And he would write. And sometimes he said that he would write for six hours. And in six hours, all that came out was like half a page. Yeah. And I like what he said. He's like, yeah, all those people who want to be writers, right? You want to be writers? Let me tell you how fun it is. You can go into a room, lock yourself in that room for six hours. And after six hours, you only have half a page because that's what writing is sometimes. Are you really committed? (laughs) i know you see the glitz and the glam but are you really committed and so he was writing and you know he he pretended to be an agent because back then you couldn't just send your scripts you know and i'm sure it's probably the same way now but where or you can just send your scripts and they'll accept it like the scripts had to come from agents so he pretended to be an agent and and he conned his way in and and eventually he um He landed a gig on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air writing for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Although the script that he wrote never made it on air. It just didn't jive with what, you know, uh, the episodes were, what episodes they were shooting. But one of the producers remembered him. And when they remembered him a couple years later, he had his opportunity to be on The Sopranos, to write for The Sopranos. Stay in power. You don't think there were times where he, felt like giving up. You don't think there were times where he was like, man, why the heck did I move all the way from New York to LA? Stay in power. Now, the second interview that I listened to was with one of the directors from The Sopranos. His name was Alan Coulter. And again, I want to point this out, right? Terrence Winter, Alan Coulter, names that you're probably not familiar with unless you're a true diehard Sopranos fan. But I I want to point that out because So many times, man, we're only fascinated by the by the big names, right? By Oprah and by, you know, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods and, you know, the big names, The Rock. But man, there are countless people out there who are inspiring because guess what? They had a dream and they went after it. And maybe you don't know about them. But guess what? That doesn't diminish that they had a dream. They went after it. They worked hard and they stayed at it and they accomplished their goals. And so Alan Coulter's story goes like this. He's actually from, you know, College Station. He's from AM, right? He didn't go to AM, but he's from College Station. And he moves to New York. So he doesn't go to L.A., he moves to New York. And he wants to be a director. And his first job, he said, was just, was just you know, uh, moving film, taking film, right? Taking those big rolls of film and taking them to, like, studios in New York. Like, he was a runner, basically, right? He was like an errand boy but he's like, man, I just want to be involved in the movie business. I just want to get my foot in the door. And so he did that. And so he, you know, he talks about his journey, you know, about how he became a director and, you know, he would shoot some stuff um, and not get credit. He was like, yeah, you know, I shot this one scene for New York to cover, didn't get credit for it, but Hey, you know, that was just, that was just part of it. You know I mean? I stayed at it. Well, eventually he makes it right. And one of the, one of the hosts on the Sopranos podcast says, well, man, you know, how do you, you know, that's awesome that you made it. You know, how long did it take? You know, five, 10 years. And he was like, man, it took more than that. He's like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, here's my joke that I tell people that they had a, they had to build an extra longer runway for me, for my career to take off. All right. Let me say that again. He said that they had to build an extra runway for his career to take off because that's how long it took before he made it before he became accomplished. And so he's, you know, he's telling his story and they're like, man, that's awesome. It took a lot of time. He's like, yeah, but you know what? I stayed at it. And I love that he said that. He said, I stayed at it. I kept at it. In fact, he said he had a friend that asked him, how did you become, you know, this? How did you become that? And he said, man, I just kept walking. He's like, what do you mean you just kept walking? He's like, dude, it's like, it's like there's this wall, right? And I just, all I have to do is find a way around this wall, right? So all I did was just keep walking. I kept walking. And finally, I found the way around the wall. The wall didn't stop me. I just had to keep walking. (laughs) That's just so awesome when you think about that, man. When I think about that, it's so awesome that sometimes, man, we're going after things and we see a wall and we stop and we turn around. But what if you kept walking? What if you stayed committed? What if you didn't allow that wall to stop you from chasing after your dream? And then Michael Imperioli, right, one of the Host on the Sopranos podcast talked about a story that he heard when he was in acting school because he said, hey, man, I agree with you. You know, it's about perseverance in this business. It's about perseverance. It's about having a thick skin. And so he said that there was a student that asked the acting teacher, hey, don't I need something to fall back on? And the teacher answered, if you need something to fall back on, you should fall back on it right now and just forget Just forget about this acting thing because you're never going to make it. You're never going to make it if you're reaching or if you're already asking for something to fall back on. Now, why would the teacher say that? Because in any endeavor, in any goal you're going after, you're going to face challenges. And if you're already looking for a way out, you'll never make it because the minute things get hard, what will you be looking for? Exactly the way out, your thing to fall back on, that person to go back to. Well, guess what? You're not really committed. You're conditional. So what do you need? You need staying power. The mission of your life will continue, not because you have all your ducks in a row or because your life is all put together. The mission of your life will continue because you know that there's no obstacle that will come your way that will stop you from fulfilling your purpose here on Earth. The mission continues. Victory, achievement, success. It's a matter of staying power. That wraps up. Episode one of season two of Mission Driven with AC Crystallis. I hope that the wisdom and the lessons learned in this episode spoke to you in some way or another. I hope that wherever you find yourself right now, you realize that you that you are responsible for your happiness. Thank you again for joining me on this episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to rate and review the podcast as well. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to press that follow button. And if you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember, the mission is now. So remain mission driven. And as always, I wish you faith, hope, love.